Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host, and it is with great pleasure that we bring you this milestone episode. We're just 10 away from The Big 100. Uh, Chris will be joining us in just a second. He's got a great listener question that kind of helps out maritime history this week, and we've got a bumper edition of very, very positive cruise news, so we'll get through to that uh, shortly as well. Uh, a little shout out and thank you to those of you who have been in touch via the website, uh, thebigcruisepodcast.com in the top right-hand corner. Join the show is the button to click on, and that's how you can send a listener question or send a ship review through to us as well. And uh, thank you to those of you that are listening, liking, subscribing, and rating your various podcast uh, apps or directories. Uh, once again, greatly appreciated, and that is the easiest way that you can help us out here at the podcast. But but let's get straight into it. Let's get Chris on the line and let's start talking all things cruise. Once again, it's that time of the week where we catch up with our good friend and maritime historian, Chris Frame. Chris, welcome back to the show, mate. Good to be back, Barry. It is, and we're recording a little bit later, um, and we're not in person as we promised, purely because my kids' school have, uh, have got COVID, so we're having to isolate, so we're doing it once again over the, the computer, but uh, it is good to, to be back in touch. And we're going to start off this week, uh, well, first of all, by saying that it's our 90th episode. Well done, oh, mate. congratulations. <laughs> 90. 10 short of 100. Yes, we're you nearly know, there. That's quite a remarkable milestone, really, given that uh, we kicked this off just as COVID kicked off, so... yeah. Yeah. Ninety days, uh, ninety rather episodes of, uh, of of cruise news without having stepped foot on a cruise ship. So no one can say <laughs> that we don't have resilience, Barry. Exactly, and who knows? Maybe the hundredth might be a. I don't know. It might be a pedal blow off off the Swan River or something that we can do the hundredth uh, show no, from. I think a hundredth in in the what is it? Ten ten weeks ten time. Weeks. We're going to be um, bombarded with so many offers to, to do cruise, cruise ship reviews as the industry restarts, Barry, we won't know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> Good thinking. Like it, like it. <laughs> Good thinking positive. And also Thanks. we want to say a big thank you to all the listeners, of course, who have supported, um, 
yeah. uh, 90 episodes of the podcast. You know, when we first started this, we thought it was a good idea, but never really envisioned how, how far it could go. And it's been a really great um, journey so far, but Baz, so thanks to you and thanks yep. to everybody who's listening. If there was no listeners, we wouldn't have continued. So, we, we, uh, yeah, we wouldn't be possible without that. And that is for sure. Now, it is thanks to a listener, actually, that we're starting off this week's show. We've got uh, Jeff up in Singapore that sent you a question, Chris. He was asking about the bridge wings. And uh, there's, uh, a, I guess you'd call it a plate glass floor, like a little section of the floor that's glass mm. and see-through um, on each side of the bridge wing. Um, but he wondered why uh, Queen Mary 2 had two, where most ships only have one on each side. Yes. Okay. So, the... So with ships with their with their bridges, the the bridge is the area where the um, for anyone who doesn't know, it's the area where the officers and and captain um, drive the ship from. So it's like mm-hmm. the central hub. It's usually got a forward facing, but always has a forward facing view. It's usually at the front of the ship. Um, although some of the some of the Orient Line ships, for example, had the bridge and midships, which was a unique um, little quirk for their design. Okay. Um, it's called the bridge because it was originally literally a bridge that spanned between the two paddle wheels of a um, steamship uh, oh, yeah. back when they first started developing um, steam propulsion. So the original bridges were almost the midships because that's where the, the paddle wheels were. And it not only d- is designed to allow you to have a good view um, forward to drive the ship, but it's also essential in maneuvering and docking. And Mm -hmm. so on the older ships, anything sort of prior to the 1980s, you'll notice that the bridge is usually in the central part of the structure. And then there are two sort of wings, I suppose, that span out over the sides of the ship. They usually hang hang over this side of the ship by by several meters. Yep. Um, And they were open. So the captain and officers could walk out onto, say, the port bridge wing when they're maneuvering and docking the ship on that side. And it would give them the opportunity to look forwards, aft, and down so they could look over the side of the bridge wing to, to see yeah. how the ship's going when it comes to, to docking. Now, in the 80s and 90s, they started to des- develop ships that had enclosed uh, bridge wings. Actually, you know, there were some uh, cargo and um, ferry ships that also had um, enclosed bridge wings, but the cruise ships really started to see it come in uh, in the in the 1980s. Uh, late 80s and early 90s oh, yeah. as, a, as a design feature. So the bridge wings started to get smaller and smaller and then eventually became fully enclosed. Um, and this is good because it allows not only more space in the bridge um, proper, but it also means that when the ship is manoeuvring during you know, very hot, hot weather or very cold weather or rain, um, they don't have to worry about the elements and also all the uh, machinery and equipment mm-hmm. that's out on the bridge wing doesn't corrode from from the sea so on the yeah. old open bridge wings they used to have to put covers over everything because there was there's panels out there to drive the ship and that can't just be left exposed but with an enclosed bridge wing you now can no longer look over the side to see how the ship's going when it's docking uh, so they put a glass plate in the floor to allow you to look straight down and give you that view uh, down to to the dock side or down to the waterline uh, mm-hmm. and also you can use that to see um, up against the the hull of the ship um, as it's as it's doing its uh, various maneuvers, and the bridge wings also uh, have glass windows on the side and on the front and on the back, so it's kind of just replicating that ability to to look in all directions. Now, as for the Queen Mary two, well, when Queen Mary two entered service, she was the uh, longest passenger ship ever to have been built at the time. Yeah, yeah. And the bridge wings, I mean, QM2's bridges is enormous, but the bridge wings themselves were 
um, not quite long enough to offer the the best possible view. Um, it's just one of those things that it, it would have been manageable, but they decided at a at a, at a, a refit early in the ship's career to extend the bridge wings out, and because of that, they put a second glass plate under on the floor on the second part of the, oh. the added part of the bridge wing. So they just added right. a section on the side, gave the ship a more sort of commanding forward profile. Her bridge is quite um, big as it was, but it looks even more sort of um, yeah. bold at the front there. Uh, but because of that, there's two. They didn't take the old one out. The original glass plate's still there, so you have the two glass plates on the floor on each side, which is the reason yeah. why, because the uh, second one was added later. And can they now see the full length of the ship because of that extra space? Yes. Yep, okay. yep. So it, well, they could see the full length of the ship anyway, but it just gave them um, a greater perspective towards the aft end of the vessel, as yeah. I understand it. Um, and so because of that, you know, it made it made sense if they're going to have people standing at the new end of the bridge wing, the added part, to also allow them to have that view down to the to the water line without having to walk back to the old window. So mm. they put a second one in. Um, okay. She's quite unique. Not many of them have two on each yeah. wing. Yeah. Okay, Chris, question with that. I noticed something just popped into my head. Mm. Obviously, we're talking about the bridge wings there, but there is also kind of, I guess, in the hull of the ship, lower down, there is also these little plates that drop down, I guess, mm. that look like wings when the ship's maneuvering in and out of port. Yep. What are they used for? Yeah, so you often see them they, the, as the ship's coming into port, they'll, they'll sort of extend downwards and you'll often see a, a, usually a single person or maybe a couple of people standing there. Um, they allow them to have an even closer view of the forward part of the ship where the bow sort of yep. curves upwards. Generally, it's an officer that's there. They've usually got radio communication to the bridge. They can um, help guide uh, different maneuvers. And on some of the older ships... Um, in fact, on all the older ships, these weren't built into the hull like that. They were actually extendable sort of um, uh, plates that were then ex- sort of pushed out from the front of the ship oh, wow. on the top of the bow. So yeah. if you, uh, say, Google um, QE2's bow, for example, which is a really good example because it was it was very long and it was very open, yep. um, when she's docking at the front by the flag, at the front of the forecastle area where the um, flag pole is at the very yeah. tip of the bow, if she's at sea, you'll see it's smooth, but if it's docking or in port, you'll quite often see there's these two little like extension platforms that come down on either side, and that uh-huh. did the same job. But, of yep. course, with the modern-day cruise ships, the way that they've built the bows up and quite often yep. the superstructure comes quite close to the top, they bring it down underneath the, um, uh, underneath the hull of the ship, quite close to the, mm-hmm. to the anchor area usually. Yeah. I see. There's nothing you don't know. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a few things, you know, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes names of stuff and uh, and uh, the technical terms escape me from time to time. But no, that's good. So, so as I apologise because it wasn't something that we'd previously talked about. It was just something that popped into my head there, but uh, great all the same. Um, Chris, we're going to take a very short break and then we'll be back in just a second with uh, the latest cruise news. Thank you. If, like me, you're not a great fan of fast fashion and you prefer to do things uh, a little bit more sensitively if you can, all of our Big Cruise Podcast merchandise is uh, sourced using only organic cotton, produced using only green energy, and there is zero plastic used in any of the process or packaging. Um, it's a great alternative to uh, buying a cheap souvenir t-shirt. You can buy merchandise with Big 
big cruise podcast logo or you can design your own simply jump on we've got a whole heap of different uh, designs different styles of clothing as well and once again it's all organic it's all green energy and there's zero plastic in the whole production you'll find the link to how to do that in uh, the show notes for each and every episode but just jump on the website the big cruise podcast and look in the top right hand corner Right, Chris, we've got uh, some great news. In fact, it's a really, really positive section of news uh, this week, so uh, we're going to jump straight Mm. into it. Uh, We will, first of all, start off with a line. We spoke very briefly about this last week. Obviously, events uh, unfolding up in Russia and the Baltic area. Um, We mentioned that the Carnival Corporation had... um, removed all their itineraries from visiting St. Petersburg and Russian ports, and a number of other cruise lines have now followed suit as well. Yeah, that's right, Barry. Uh, So from the Carnival Cruise Line brands, uh, recent additions include Aida Cruises, for example, but also Carnival, as you mentioned. Um, Disney Cruise Line has also uh, cancelled its voyages in that region, MSC, uh, Royal Caribbean International, uh, so the list is, is definitely growing, and I think you'll probably find uh, the majority of cruise lines are going to avoid that area yeah. as these you know, tragedies in that part of the world continue to unfold. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they will too. Uh, now, closest to home down here, one of our favourite captains from p Australia has retired after 42 years at sea. Yes, Captain Boone, and he's been uh, at, the, at the helm of uh, Pacific Adventure, which is one of their new uh, ships that's been refurbished and is waiting to go but of course still hasn't got the green light to return to Australian waters just yet but um, Captain Boone's been with P&O for, for, ten, for over 10 or actually just about 10 years um, and he was very much loved by the the Australian cruisers and, and New Zealand cruisers that sail on um, uh, uh, P&O Australia. Um, one of his little sort of trademarks was uh, reading Christmas stories to the, the children on board the ships uh, yeah, Christmas that, yeah. voyages, which is really cool, um, and he was involved in Pacific Dawn's first voyage to uh, Papua New Guinea back in 2013, and was also there at the Five Ship Spectacular uh, when it happened in November 2015 on board. Uh, 2015. Wow, I know. It seems right? like yesterday. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was there on um, Pacific uh, uh, Eden. Uh, was her maiden voyage. And uh, <laughs> now she's gone. So it's just amazing to think uh, how much time has changed since back then. Yeah, I've seen pictures of him in the in the uh, galley cooking and uh, handing out food to, to crew. He was very much loved by crew as well. And I believe he's a Yorkshire man. He's heading uh, back to the UK and he's going to learn the art of beekeeping, of all things. Well, there you go. It's a little <laughs> bit different from cruising. But hey, it's only a matter of time until we see a shipboard beehive, you know. So there we go. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Now, uh, lots of uh, launches, float outs and things. The first one we're going to talk about is, of course, Oceania Cruises, who have floated at Vista, uh, which is, of course, their next up-and-coming ship. Yes, yeah, so she's 67,000 tons, uh, 1,200 guests. You know, it's remarkable, Baz, because 67,000 um, tons is sort of a, a smallish ship these days. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, wasn't that long ago that the largest cruise ships in the world were 67,000 tons. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's amazing how much things have changed. But, of course, she's a, a luxury ship for, for Oceania and uh, will be um, making her de- de- departure, I suppose, from uh, Fincantieri when she's uh, uh, completed. Uh, yeah, April 2023 is, uh, is her, um, her first sailing from Barcelona. Yeah. Um, and, of course, they're known for their culinary side of things on Oceania. Mm. So with that respect, they've got 12 dining options, uh, four of them brand new that have not been seen on any of their previous ships before. Yeah, they've also um, got cabins that are 26 square meters in size. So that's pretty Yes, amazing. generous, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, lots of information there on that particular ship, so we'll include that in the show notes as well. The next ship that has kind of launched, we did touch on last week as she was heading over to Fort Lauderdale, but of course, uh, Wonder of the Seas has now departed on her first cruise. Yeah, she has. So she's made her her departure. Um, She's on that voyage as we speak, Barry. Um, And she's sailing seven-night Caribbean cruises uh, through to April, and then we'll be repositioning to Europe taking in um, Barcelona and Rome for the summer. Oh, if you had to choose out of those two ports as your embarkation, which would you choose? Oh, uh, let's go Rome. Ah, I'm the opposite. I was Barcelona. It's too much for Rome usually, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. um, But uh, for us in Australia, like uh, Qantas um, has been – yeah, toying with the idea of direct flights to Rome, so that could be quite nice for for Aussies. As early as June, traveling. I think, from memory, that one was. Yeah, get back to Europe, which would be nice. Yeah, it'd be good to see the the London direct service coming back to Perth soon as well. Uh, currently using Darwin, of course, on that one. Heading back to sea, let's talk about Costa next. They've uh, launched Costa Toscana on her inaugural voyage. Yes, yeah, so like the rest of the Costa fleet, she's uh, flagged in Italy, which is a, a nice uh, connection there, has been the largest uh, Italian-based cruise line there, Costa. Um, and she's one of their LNG-powered ships. So she's the liquefied natural gas, which, of course, yeah. makes her more uh, environmentally friendly than her diesel counterparts. The first cruise will be departing from Savona in March of 2022. So it's just a – well, it's actually already departed, Baz. It departed. Oh, it does, yes. <laughs> it's today. <laughs> oh, I'm getting my dates wrong. It departed on the 5th of March, and we're recording this on the 6th. So it departed yesterday. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, then she's uh, going to be going to Marseille, Barcelona, Valencia, Palermo, and back to Rome. And then later, uh, deployment changes slightly. We'll see her going from uh, Rome through to Naples, Ibiza, Valencia, and Marseille. Uh, So some beautiful itineraries there. And I have to say, the images of the ship look spectacular. If you've got a moment, jump on the news section of the website, look at that news story in depth, and check out some of the beautiful images. She uh, she does look uh, very, very nice indeed. Do you have a favorite out of all those ports? You've been to that region of the world a lot. I'm actually really excited, and there's a possibility that I might be going here in May to get back to Ibiza, because it's been a long time oh, since I lived in Ibiza. Yeah, and it would be good to catch up with some good friends there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I also like Valencia. Um, mm. Yeah, Valencia's nice. had some of the best ice cream I've ever had in Valencia. So. Yeah? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and donut, Naples is always a good favorite as well. Uh, Donut-flavored uh, uh, ice cream there which is quite interesting Ooh, sounds very sweet yes well i don't know it was yeah it tasted like it tasted like a, a sort of a cinnamon donut but in ice cream form it was interesting Ooh, okay yeah. i'll have to look out for that when i'm next in valencia <laughs> uh, heading off to the galapagos nest because that's where silver sea have decided to christen silver origin which is of course based in that part of the world yes absolutely so she was christened in back in february now on the 25th uh, of feb um, and uh, she's been designed to be a pretty environmentally friendly ship. Um, she was the first uh, of their destination-specific designs, so she's 100 mm. guests, um, and was built specifically for this particular uh, region of the world. Um, and then, of course, they've, they've really sort of uh, lent, lent into the sustainability aspects on board the ship, and some of the... Uh, credentials that she's got are quite interesting, including a freshwater purification system for each of the suites on board, um, which in reduces the use of bottled water. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things on cruise ships where you can drink the water that comes out of the tap, but it kind of tells t- tastes a little bit 
strange because it's been desalinated, right? Yep, so yep. everybody buys bottled water, but by just putting in purification systems into each of the cabins, you now don't yeah. have to have all those bottles. And, yeah, right. you know, what a clever idea. Yeah, no, it is good. Love it. Okay, Chris, here's a challenge for you for next week. I okay. went to a Royal Caribbean christening once, and they had uh, a bagpiper as part of the whole ceremony. And mm-hmm. I believe it's a tradition that is carried out across all Royal Caribbean uh, family brands mm-hmm. and was also included on this Silver Sea uh, christening, which, of mm-hmm. course, now Silver Sea is part of the Royal Caribbean family. Yes. See if you can do some digging and see how or why Royal Caribbean has bagpipers as part of their christening ceremony because it just seems... Okay. weird given that they've got no real connections to scotland or yeah. ireland or where bagpipes would traditionally come from were, none of their ships were built in scotland so mm, yeah that'd be interesting to find out okay okay let's, challenge let's, let's reach out to those in the know <laughs> let's carry on with some new news now um explore at journeys which is the new luxury small ship brand for the msc family um i've just completed the coin ceremony on explorer one and some additional news as well Yes, so of course she's being uh, Explorer One's being built in uh, by Fincantieri yet again. Yes, yes. <laughs> they're, they're busy. Um, they should sponsor this show. They should actually. <laughs> um, do you know anyone there? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, Monfalcone is where this one's being built. The yards there, um, and of course, you know Fincantieri we've spoken about many times before, but it's pretty much the world's biggest shipbuilding company. Yeah. So. Um, got a good heritage. And then they've also started work on Explorer 2. So mm. it's the second ship in the uh, in the fleet. Um, and she'll be um, she'll be ready um, in 2024. So they're going to be sort of staging the the introduction of these ships. Explorer yeah. 1, we'll go back to her for a second. Uh, from May of next year, she'll be sailing on her uh, voyages. Um, the, the first uh, trips, in fact, are going to cover... Areas including the UK, Greenland, Iceland, uh, Northern Europe, the Mediterranean, and then head over to Canada and the US East Coast, as well as the Caribbean, um, Hawaii, and uh, South America. So she's going to be busy in her first year. She's going to be very, very busy. (laughs) So you say 2023 for Explorer 1, 24 for Explorer 2, and then 25 and 26 for the third and fourth ships, which have uh, yet to start construction, Mm. but will follow very, very quickly behind her. And they've just launched a brand new website to to showcase those beautiful itineraries. So if you're keen, speak to your local travel agent or jump on the Explorer Journeys website. And uh, our friends at uh, Coral Expeditions, who we have spoken about many times, they're a locally-based cruise line here in Australia. Um, Mm. They've just announced five incredible itineraries that go in search of the elusive small islands of the world. Yes, that's true. So there's uh, a a list of them we can put in the show notes. But in short, um, a brim to Singapore voyage uh, departing in December of 2022, Mm -hmm. a Singapore to Seychelles voyage departing in January of 23. Seychelles to Mauritius in February 23, uh, Mauritius to Zanzibar in again February of 2023, and then a, a navigation voyage across the Indian Ocean, which is uh, Zanzibar to Fremantle, which will be in March of 2023. And that does sound very, very exciting, Baz. It's going yeah. a bit further afield than being based solely in Australia. And, you know, you and I uh, both stood on the quayside last year and looked at uh, mm. Coral Adventure, but we weren't able to go on board. So, um, but she did look very impressive from the outside with the Zodiac deck there and the 
Um, you could see in through the windows at all the nice amenities that they had on board the ship. So yeah, no, it did look great. And that last voyage there, that navigation voyage back from Zanzibar to Fremantle. If anybody loves sea days, that itinerary is absolutely for you because it's nineteen days, uh, sorry, nineteen nights on that particular voyage, and the majority of them are spent in transit across the beautiful uh, Indian Ocean here. Mm. Next, we're talking uh, Princess and uh, their particular their medallion, and they've just in a partnership with the NBA and the WNBA um, to personalize your medallion with your favorite team. Yes, so they're, they're charging $5 for the customizations, and they can be organized before your cruise. You'll have to use mm-hmm. the medallion class app. Um, you know, it's interesting, um, Baz, how many people save their cruise cards yeah, uh, and you know, you look back through over the years of all these collections and that, the way the designs and stuff change, and then I guess with this, it will allow you an opportunity to have a, a sort of personalized uh, medallion to to keep with you when you've um, when you've left as a memento of your voyage. If you're interested in in the basketball, yeah. Um, no. Big fan of the medallion. I really do love the benefits that this brings, and just to have your little personal take on it is is also great as well. Mm. I'm just looking through my drawer, actually, at all my cruise cards, as you were saying there. <laughs> I've got a bit of a collection uh, in there. Yeah, there's, oh. there's a big pile of them. A noticeable gap uh, from 2020 onwards, though, Barry. <laughs> well, we've got a bit of time to make up on, on yeah. that one. <laughs> I think there's, there's that, making up the time. And, and also, it does dawn on me that perhaps governments around the world should be giving everybody a rebate on their passport renewals. Yes, yes, mine's actually, I think mine's due as well, actually. Not good. Product did not work as intended. We couldn't travel. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, we spoke briefly in the past about Carnival's reassigned ships and their itineraries. Um, That took us through till kind of end of this year, I think, from memory. Then they've extended what those uh, three ships are going to be doing right through to 23 and, in fact, 24 for one of them. So uh, Carnival Elation, remind us what she's up to, mate. So she's going to be doing four to five day sailings out of Jacksonville. And that's um, taking us through was, to 2024. Wow. Yeah, that was going to be Carnival Ecstasy's um, route, but they, they've done a bit of a, a switch around. Mm. Um, Carnival Freedom, Barry, she's going to be based out of Port Canaveral and again on those short four to five day itineraries. Um, and that will take us through to April of, or the end of April of next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then our, our favourite, Carnival Spirit. So she's, they've pulled the pin on Australia for now. Uh, for the short term anyway, because, of course, there's just no no clear path here. Yep. So she's relocated up to, to Miami and um, and then across to Seattle. So she'll be spending a little bit of time on both coasts. Uh, and those voyages um, out of Seattle um, will come uh, as part of a 2022 season to Alaska. Yes, yes. And then, of course, at the end of that Alaska season in 23, that's when she's scheduled at this stage to come back uh, down to mm. Australia. And I did see a picture of her the other day with her new uh, hull livery, and she, she looks good. It, it really suits her. Yes, she's one of, she's one of the many. There's, a, there's, a, there's, there's several, like you and I have spoken about, like ones that you would like to go on when things resume. And I think sailing into, back, back into Sydney on Carnival Spirit after such a long departures on my on my list of things that i would really like to to see happen you know because yeah. it's been so difficult for carnival australia and for P&O australia that you know it's been difficult for the cruise industry in, in general but for for carnival australia and P&O australia both of which are based here year round to still be in layup with with big question marks i guess around the future yeah. is, is tough because everybody else around the world seems to be able to resume so i definitely yeah. would like to like to see that that day when the two of them well, well, actually, with the two companies, but also, you know, it'd be nice if you could see uh, 
the 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 a fleet of Australian based ships all coming back in together. Yeah, a little flotilla coming through the heads yeah. and in Sydney Harbour would yeah, be very right. very nice. How awesome would that be? <laughs> now this last bit of news, I actually thought it was an April Fool's joke, but realised we're still in March. <laughs> um, March <laughs> there's madness. a new <laughs> there's a new app that's come out called Cruise Ship Mingle, mm. which is an online dating platform for cruise hookups and dating. Who'd have thought? Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> the, the, the information that's, that you've sent to me says that there's an inbuilt massager. <laughs> no, it does and not. <laughs> it does. With an inbuilt massager and live chat capability, members can discreetly send and receive messages. I think there must be messenger, not massager. <laughs> but somebody's <laughs> done a typo. <laughs> now, that is hilarious. <laughs> insane oh dear so apparently just, you can <laughs> just leave leave it as it was sent um in the okay. show notes so that listeners don't think i've made that up <laughs> it was literally lifted off a press release so yeah they have made a mistake <laughs> oh, it's not your fault it's the, it's the dating apps companies uh, pr people that need to proofread their, their writing love it <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's obviously grabbed attention uh, on that one but uh that's all we've got for in cruise news this weekend uh, very positive it was so uh, thanks to all the cruise lines for sharing that and if you are a cruise line that isn't getting any news through to us then simply get in touch we'd love to include each and every one of you where we can um and for those of you that want to send through a question just like jeff did this week uh, you can do so via the website thebigcruisepodcast.com in the top right hand corner click on join the show and that's how you can reach out get in touch and send through a, a question or two to chris and myself hey Baz, um, if there are any travel uh, travel companies or cruise lines that are listening and do want to get the uh, information to you what's the best way for them to do that um you can simply email it through just baz b-a-z at the big cruise podcast.com sounds good chris have you got a video you would like to showcase this week from your little archive on youtube at all okay um you know actually baz this week i'm going to suggest that people go to the channel um youtube.com slash chris frame official Mm-hmm. And there's a section there called playlists, and I've actually got a playlist that is a maritime history playlist. And in there, you can find a collection of different videos from uh, the way that people used to live and uh, bathe and uh, eat on the old ocean liners, all the way mm-hmm. through to uh, stories about the ships being used during World War One, World War Two, uh, and quite a bit of history about the Atlantic uh, ships in particular. So. There's a nice little collection there if you're looking for um, something to, to watch or to, to listen to whilst you're enjoying your weekend or, or having a, um, a bit of downtime during work during the week, that, that's definitely the place I would be going. Mm, interesting. Of course, Chris's link to this uh, YouTube channel is always in the show notes every week. And uh, just jump in and have a look and uh, you could be there for hours. So much content, Chris. So much great content. Thanks, Baz. And, you know, the other thing is... Um, with so many people around the world being able to live um, a slightly different life to us and go back on the cruise ships, we, we're always on the lookout for cruise reviews too, if anybody wants yes. to tell us what it was like to tra- sail on board. You know, we've had a few. We had um, one from, from Queen Elizabeth when she first went back into service and Emma's done a, a review, our, our friend Emma Latisse uh, there from Yeah, we had a celebrity um, not too long ago as well. Yep. Yeah, but, um, you know, there's lots of different cruise lines now that are operating and, and it'll be great to hear more from some of the listeners about the, the ships maybe that we don't talk about quite so often from different yeah. parts of the world. The more the merrier. The more the welcome. Absolutely. Yes, do mm-hmm. get in touch. Um, Chris, always a pleasure, mate. Um, great to catch up. Well, I promise you one day we will do this in person in a coffee oh, shop or a bar just, yeah, or something. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners understand. We uh, in, in Australia here, we're lagging a little bit behind the rest of the world in terms of 
the the peaks and stuff of COVID, and so with our our borders now coming down, we are where many people were a few months ago. So there is some additional restrictions here that the rest of the world might not necessarily be living through. So once those settle down, then we'll be back in in person for a for a coffee and a chat. Absolutely. And in fact, I was at the airport this week, as I am most weeks as part of my role uh, in real life, and um, it was so nice on Friday morning to see people other than FIFO workers getting going into the terminal and getting on a plane and going somewhere. And so many young families with young babies taking them off to all parts of Australia to meet up with their family for the first time. It was just a really, really nice vibe. Mm. So it's good to see. And for our international listeners, FIFO is? Fly in, fly out. So for people that uh, live down here in Perth or elsewhere in Australia, but uh, work up in the Kimberley, you you mm. generally fly up to work for two weeks and fly home for a rest period. Yep. And there's thousands, tens and tens of thousands of people that work as FIFO workers in the mining and yeah. resources industry here in Australia. Yeah, it's been funny, hey, because whilst the big sort of um, you know domestic and international planes have been grounded, the small mm. uh, Fokker 100s and um, little 737s and uh, yeah. A320s have been buzzing all over the country with this constant demand for, for mining workers. Uh, in fact, you know, I know we're a cruise podcast, but just an interesting little side note: yeah. we are the, the the biggest user of um, the Dutch-built Fokker aircraft in Australia now. The, the long really? since stopped manufacturing them, but uh, the the resources industry requires those sort of smaller 100 seat airplanes, and there's 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 quite a lot of them here in in Australia flying all over the place. So, yeah, both Qantas and Virgin have a decent sized fleet yeah, of them, and the other used as well. So, used every morning. Uh, it's very busy at the airport from about five mm-hmm. o'clock onwards. All those people in high vis heading off to work. <laughs> Absolutely. Chris, once again, mate, thanks again. We'll be uh, talking again all things cruise, all things maritime history, and hopefully a couple of list of questions as well. Same time next week. Sounds good. Take care. Hello, it's me again. Just wanted to thank those of you that have supported us via Buy Me A Coffee. Um, if you're not familiar with that uh, system, it's a little bit like Patreon, where you can support your favorite YouTuber or artist. Um, we use Buy Me A Coffee, which is basically because we love coffee. Um, and in a nutshell, you can donate the cost of a coffee, about four Australian dollars, or multiple coffees if you prefer. Um, and in return, you receive priority access to all of the podcasts. So it doesn't matter where you listen to your podcast. If you support us via Buy Me A Coffee, you will receive an email every week um, just saying the new podcast is live and available. Here's the link, or listen to it in your favorite podcast. And uh, it gets to you about... 12 to 24 hours before anybody else gets access to it so it's a, a great little bonus there and uh, once again it's about four Aussie dollars um, one coffee multiple coffees you decide but every little donation is greatly appreciated and just a reminder you can find the link uh, to buy me a coffee in the show notes on the website and uh, also via the buy me a coffee app thanks in advance that's all for today if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.